Hey, it's Sean Fennessy, one of the hosts of the Prestige TV podcast. HBO's Barry is back for a fourth and final season. And that means I'll be back recapping the show with co-creator and star Bill Hader to dive deep on the themes, scenes, and major moments in the series. Bill will provide insight into how every episode was made and why it's ending. New Prestige TV Barry recaps will go live every Sunday night when the episode ends. So make sure you're subscribed to the Prestige TV podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Pod Has Spoken. And you might have heard, if you're paying attention and a longtime fan, which I'm sure you are, we have new music. Somebody famous put that together, a very, very famous composer. Riley, what do you think of the new music? Yeah, I think it's great. Bono did a great job. <laughs> yes, I, I didn't know that we had paid him enough to actually say <laughs> his name. But yeah, really, really fantastic work by him. And uh, we have a special guest. All of our guests are special. Like, I don't want to minimize uh, other guests before this one, but a very special guest, Gabby. You tell us your last name because I'm going to fire. It's going to be wrong. I want to hear how you were going to say it. Well, now I have to pull it up to make sure that I get every <laughs> it's <on> letter. screen. <laughs> I can't see it. Pascuzzi. Pascuzzi. I was going to say Pascuzzi. So well, we're you right. Sh- you should have. You would have been right. I just wanted to see if you were going to do like the double Z, like no. Pascuzzi, which is no. the very Italian way of saying it. Right. But you always have claimed your Filipino heritage. And I look at that name. I don't think Filipino. No, I don't either. It's not from that half. So, okay. yeah. So you're yeah. half Italian, half Filipino. Right. Correct. And which side do you identify with more? Because all I- I've never seen you flaunt your Italian heritage, but Filipino roots are strong. Yeah, flaunting Italian heritage, possible, but 
can get a little a little weird sometimes. How, Eating how pasta so? were very prevalent wherever. I don't know. I've never lived in a predominantly Italian place. So maybe I've never had like Italian pride, like in New Jersey or something. Okay. So I, I've just never. But I like the Italian food. I like my last name. But yeah, I'm, I am closer to my Filipino side because, as you know, I used to live in the Philippines. Did you know that I used to live in the Philippines? I did know that. Only because I told you. Yeah. Uh, and I also speak uh, Filipino. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably more Tagalog. than I do. Definitely more than you. I think we yeah. also went through the test before. And uh, so I lived there two years as a Mormon missionary. Uh, sorry. Wild. Sorry about that. I, did, I mean, it's didn't I did. work on me. <laughs> I didn't become Mormon yet. Oh, by the end of this podcast. Yeah, by the end. That's actually, Gabby. This is why we brought you here today. Uh, Riley has a special <laughs> message to share with you. You think I'm going to be the, the Mormon? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyways, uh, we have that in common. Where did you live in the Philippines? Manila. Okay, that's kind of the epicenter of that's the Philippines. The, yeah. 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 Capital. You lived somewhere else. You I lived, lived a, not even on Luzon, right? No, I lived on Luzon. I lived in the oh, very far north. Yeah. So I lived uh, in Tagigarao, Ilagan, mm. Apari, yeah, Cagayan province, Carino province. So north wow. a few hours of Manila. I spent a little time in Manila, but not much. Fond memories. Love, that is very love cool. the Philippines. Yeah. Lots yeah, of love for the Philippines. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, let's get into the episode. I feel like uh, we've done enough background on you. Uh, not so much that the listeners are getting sick of it, but just like right at the point. Maybe a little, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's get into it. Don't get cocky, kid. Episode eight. I was thinking as soon as I saw this title that Carson was in trouble. Do you have a cat? I do have a cat that I has just, just entered the screen. I just yes. guess. <laughs> Because all I saw was the tail. It could have been anything like uh, a coati. Do you know what those are? Those have cat-like tails. No, yeah. It could have been like a lemur. Yes, exactly. But just a cat. Just a normal cat. So it wasn't Carson that uh, this quote came from, though. It was uh, Kane. What do you think about that quote? Because that's a pretty common quote that we get in Survivor episodes is like, I don't want to say that I got it, but I got it. Does this ever pan out for the person who says that ever? No. <laughs> and they always say, too, like, while they're saying it, they're like, I know I shouldn't say this, yeah. but... And, <laughs> and then they say it. <laughs> Do you think that Survivor catches every contestant that's ever in any type of positive scenario saying that, and they just have a library of, like, 80% of the contestants of all time saying that at some point in their r run in the game? Oh, most definitely. You think so? Because I've, yeah. I've, I've said that before. I've also been on the losing end of saying it. Uh, but I've probably been on the winning end of saying it, too. Probably the season I won, I also was guilty of being like, it seems too easy, but is it? Like, it's generally a bad thing when they show someone saying this. But Kane, he got caught out tonight, but not like he wasn't gone. So he's still there. Maybe he can recorrect. Anyways, let's go all the way back to the beginning. We spent a lot of time on that opening sequence, like the the night vision camera. Did you like that amount of time with the creepy camera? I yes. liked it. I love I love creepy camera time. Okay, I is love. That... <laughs> well, don't take that out of context. Now I don't know how big the library is for that one, but yeah, I mean it was a, it was like a really intense emotional vote, right? So I mean I really wanted to see Franny's reaction because obviously her. 
island boyfriend and and off island boyfriend. I think we now know. Yes. Um, got sent home. And so obviously she was very upset. And it's, you know, people are always upset when their allies and stuff get sent home. But I was really glad we kind of got that extended time because obviously that's something more than just an alliance. So it's cool to kind of see those like real relationships bubble up. Um, And yeah, I mean, I like seeing the aftermath because it's like sometimes we skip right next to the challenge the next day or whatever. It's like, it's really awkward (laughs) when you get back to camp and um, you've just like blindsided people or upset them or wrote their name down or whatever. So it's cool to see the aftermath in the night vision. So what's the play there? If you are on the winning side of that vote and you come back to camp, what like what are you doing immediately? Hoot and holler to a little jig. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just like in the faces of everyone who was on the wrong side of the boat. Yeah. No, no. You of course you have to be humble and and um reassure whoever was their allies. But also it's like, I don't know, that's a little bit transparent, right? It's so Um, standard now, right? So does that have any effect? I don't think that it does, but it seems like if you didn't do it, it would be also bad. So you just kind of go through the motions. It's like etiquette. It's It's like like banana etiquette where it's just like ingrained in Survivor so hard that the winning side has to come back and be humble about it and be like, sorry, it wasn't you. It was the person we voted out. and We didn't have a choice and it was purely strategic. And then on the other side, the losers, what do they come back and have to do? And it's also, again, etiquette. They have to come back and be like, good move, everybody. I see why you did that. Nothing personal. Meanwhile, they're like seething inside. Yeah, I don't get that side of it as much. Like, why do we, why does the ousted person have to be like, it's okay, guys. Thanks for saving me. Oh, thanks for voting out my number one ally. Like, that's stupid. <laughs> Is it? I mean, you, you're still... At that point, you're trying to win allies, right? You're oh, trying yeah. I to... mean, it's the right game move, right. but it's it's dumb. <laughs> like, it's annoying. <laughs> but it's also super transparent. It's just like, yeah, it's the same. It's like, okay, I know what to expect as I vote someone out. All their allies are going to come back and be like, great play. Man, I get it. I totally get it. You got us. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't ruin our relationship. And then me, I'm like, no, we're totally good. Everybody's good. The only person we weren't good with was the person we voted out and done yeah. nothing against everybody. Like, it's, <laughs> is is there in the future uh, any room for, like, let's say you go back on Survivor uh, 45, whatever the theme, I was going to come up with a hilarious theme for you, but I couldn't think of one off the top of my head. And you go, go back, is there any room for you going into camp and being like, Yo, let's just all skip the formalities of us being humble and you guys being also humble in the opposite direction. (laughs) I think it'd be funny. So I would do it for the bit. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, why not? Because then at least it kind of shows people where you stand and you can you have seen people do this before where they'll be like, "Okay, well, I'm a free agent. I'll work with whoever. Um, Obviously, you don't want to like lay out all your cards at right after before you've let your emotions settle down. So it's not the most strategic thing, but do I think it would be funny and like save a lot of formalities? Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, doing things in a standard way could kind of like trigger some people to think differently maybe, but probably strategically it's best to let it simmer and maybe tomorrow come out with, come at it with a different idea. But yeah, I don't know, we just all have to like adhere to the social norms even within Survivor. Yeah, it's so weird because you can predict like you can predict what's going to happen as you're out there. Yeah. You're like, okay, now these people are going to come groveling. So let me ask you this then along those same lines. 
You've played once. If you get invited back, do you have something in your head from just an entertainment value standpoint that you've just been like, I have to do this. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get back in the game. And this is the one thing I got to make sure to do. I don't give a shit if it's strategic. It's going to be <laughs> so rad on TV. What, what do you've got cooking for us? Because I feel like uh, after that little blurb, you have something. Oh my gosh. No, this is a lot of pressure, especially I feel like I'm talking to one of the all time like bit guys, like you're a big <laughs> bit guy, Tyson. But I, I, I don't have a pre-prepared bit, but you know, I was sad that on my first time I spent so much of it crying. I don't think people really knew that I had a single funny bone in me and that hurt. That was what hurt the most. Was people it's, not realizing how funny you were? This is your yeah. moment right here now. And I, and I and asked you the question and you've got the bit because I have said many times on this podcast, if I ever go back on past the merge, I win reward. Jeff asked me to choose a person. I tell him, no, thank you. I need some alone R&R going to the yacht by myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's, that's so good. Right? That's really good. And I honestly don't think that the other castaways would hold that against me. They'd hold it against me so much that it wouldn't matter. They'd be like, that guy's not winning now. He's a big old dick. Or they'd respect me for it and be like, baller move. What do you think they're going to talk about while you're on the reward It doesn't matter. That's, that's exactly, they're going to talk about it. What do you every, mean it doesn't matter? Everybody's going to agree. Hey, vote out Tyson vote out next. next. <laughs> vote out Tyson. He's an asshole. And then one person's going to be like, but don't we want to keep the assholes? And, you're, they're, and then they're like, come to me. And they're like, hey, everybody wants to vote you out because you're an asshole. And I'm like, well, don't we want to vote out a non-asshole here in this position? <laughs> and then everybody's like, yeah, let's vote out a non-asshole. And then I not only win the game, but I also, every reward I win, I go on by myself. Okay. Mm. So you're, yeah, your bit is funny and strategic, it sounds like, which I feel like is really like, that's like a pinnacle. I don't know. I, I wish I could prove my comedic... Chops. Uh, chops. At this moment, but you know, it, it'd have to come to me in the moment. I don't want to go out there with a pre-planned, yeah. a canned bit would not be as funny as just, you know, seeing what and seeing what material the others provide me with. I feel like that's that's like peak uh, survivor gold is like, I don't have to be creating bits. I'm everyone else is so crazy that they're just going to give me raw material to work with. But yeah, I really like your idea. So I'll. I'll steal that I, and please pretend do. like it was my idea. Please do. <laughs> I want you to. I don't think I could get away with that. Really? I'm, too not, I'm way too much of a people pleaser. <laughs> I'd probably be like, you guys, you guys go and stay. Yeah, I'll stay back. <laughs> I'm not hungry. Wow. Okay. Good Good to know if we're ever on the tribe together. Uh, <laughs> Gabby, I'll, I'll take your reward. I know that you don't really, you'd prefer that others have it. Mm -hmm. And we get this classic battle of, Ratu and Soka with the three Tika people in the middle. This is like a tale as old as time. What's the play here? If you're on Ratu or Soka, is it stick with that group? Is it try to make a move with Tika before they get you? Like I am of the opinion, you got to take those bottom three and utilize them because that's what's going to end up happening anyways. Seems right. That's my opinion too. I, th I think they're doing the right thing. Like you got to get the people in the middle Use them, especially if you're the smaller tribe, right? Because Ratu, that yeah. side has four 
Yeah, I just learned their tribe names this episode. I was like, they have tribe names? <laughs> Did you not know that about Survivor? Colors. Oh, okay. No, yeah, that would be my bit is I would just clarify every like rule of Survivor while I was out there and act like I'd never seen the show before. Smart. That They're doing the right thing. And the middle three, Tika, mm-hmm. is that tribe That's name correct. right? Yes. yes. They are also doing the right thing by like being flexible to work with either side. Now, further questions remain about how long they're going to be able to keep that up, which I feel like the end of the episode kind of left some questions there for me. But we can get to that later. Yeah. I mean, I'm of the opinion that even if you have to sacrifice a couple people from your existing tribe going into it, like if you're Ratu or Soka, it still is stronger for you to take the Tika 3 even if you have to sacrifice a couple people from your original tribe, that bottom group always flips the game. Is there ever a moment where the bottom group, other than season one, hasn't flipped the entire game? Probably, but like more often than not, like I was like, I don't know enough about Survivor to know if that's how often that happens. Do you? Are you like a super, super fan? No, I'm not. Can you go through? You can't go through every season. Tell us what order everybody's voted out in. No, I I have friends that that can, and I I you're still friends with them. I I am. I like to be friends with people of differing abilities. Okay, good. <laughs> I guess yeah. Keep the keep the nerds close. Really smart, Gabby. Oh, yeah. Even outside of the game. Oh yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's like now the meta thing is like, do you recognize that the people in the middle are that powerful? And are you like, wait, Mm -hmm. we can't repeat this again? Because every season I'm like, how do they not see that the Tika three are in the middle, like running things? Maybe they will, but it seems like we're like set up for that same pattern again. Yeah, I'll tell you why. And I said this, I think, last week as well. You need to get rid of everybody, but you can't get everybody at a single tribal council. And that's the trick of Survivor is like, I need the Tika three gone, at least one of them. But I also need to weaken Ratu or Soka, depending on what tribe I'm I'm on and affiliated with. And so therein lies the, you know, the hardship of deciding when is the right time to strike on which faction, uh, because you can't do it all in the same move. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And that's where, that's why it's so hard. Because like, even like leaving a weak person in and you're like, okay, they're harmless right now. Let's leave them in. Let's fry the bigger fish and then come back to them. And that's in your mind. And then that person at some point twists the whole game and you're like, yeah, but like, I knew that. I knew that was a risk, but I also had these other fish to fry. And so that's the trick of Survivor is the timing and managing people until you can get to them. Dang, yeah. (laughs) It's like you've... It's like you've thought about this a lot before. Yeah, it's like you've played several times in one once. Yeah. Um, Uh, So let's go to the immunity challenge or let's go to the tree melt because we get everything mm -hmm. that we need from the tree melt. Do you like this five pairs? Divide into five pairs. Let's see who chooses who and let's move into the immunity challenge as as a duo. I like it. I, I, I thought it was cool. Uh, I thought it was cool that they didn't know if they'd be like competing against each other or with each other. I didn't really, the strategy ended up sort of being like whatever. So it didn't end up like being that cool to me, mm. except for, I guess, like the end result of like this couple that was last to pair up was the final two. But I, I like, I like when Survivor does twists like this, like change the way the the challenges are run, Ch- make little social pairs and dynamics like that. Like don't make half the tribe immune. 
Like I liked how it was like it was whittled down and you were still kind of dependent on someone else. Those kinds of twists are cool. Keep with that kind of thing. Yeah, I love the twists where there's layers to your decision and repercussions, uh, maybe repercussions based on how you choose, who you choose, when you choose, all of that stuff. And you're right, like here they were like, are we against each other? Are we together? With this limited knowledge of, of pairing, what strategy would you would you have like would you be looking at people and be like i'm going to pair with somebody that is on the other side so in case there's something i'm working with somebody from the other side are you pairing with an ally what what would be your approach here with just the knowledge that these people had on the beach yeah uh i thought the same thing like uh, like the same question came into my head good thing i asked it first cuz i have no idea i will say the tree mail said like only one will win yeah. or something like that so i would have assumed, okay, well, if there's two of us, like then at some point you're going to be going against that person. So I probably would want to be with an ally. I would want to be with somebody who I was like physically compatible with or felt like we, we, you know, if we had to run a three-legged race or whatever, we could communicate. So I think that makes the most sense. I don't, I don't really know. It's the first time we've ever seen it, right? So it's, I don't even know what strategy is good now after having seen it. Like, <laughs> I mean, you don't know what it, the challenges are going to be. Yeah. And it didn't really play out so much that it was a real strategic choice, but I think it could have. And I think that yeah. that's, that's what I like is like giving these people a choice and them understanding that they are drawing a line in the sand a little bit somewhere and have to, on the fly, act accordingly. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think the the most glaring was Heidi and Jamie immediately just like, we're a pair, us two. Like, that in was front of in front of everyone, like, without even, you know, considering other options. I mean, isn't that how it always kind of played out in, at least for me, like, in the school, you know, like, in, like, fifth grade, they'd be like, oh, get into pairs. And there would always be a few people who just shoot to each other immediately. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like that game of musical and Those chairs. were the people I wanted to beat the most. It's like the t the two that pair off immediately. I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how to beat them with whoever my partner is. I think the next iteration of this is they should do it with an odd number of people. And so it's like, okay, get into pairs of two. Leave one, one person, person out. won't have someone. Yeah, that'll be good they for sit someone's challenge. confidence. It's like Squid Game. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they could have big-brained it. Okay, see, Danny was like, oh, well, I've been wanting to get Lauren out. Once he saw what the challenge was and that only one person could win in the end, like if he really wanted her out, he could have been like, I'm going to throw my half of it Yeah. so that we don't even get to the end. But I feel like out there, especially first time players, like it's like you're so you just want to win. You want to win immunity. You probably believe that you can. I will say when we saw who the final four were and that they were doing that task where you have to stand on the tiny ledges, I was like, Lauren's winning because she's the smallest. She's the lightest. She has little feet like that's who wins those challenges. So I felt like Danny maybe had a chance because he's also a little guy. Yeah, he's, he's a little guy. He's little a guy. short king. Yeah. So maybe he thought he could beat her. But I mean, if he really wanted her out, I don't know how serious he was about that. Like, throw the challenge. Yeah. And uh, we saw that play out last week where had Franny thrown her side of the challenge, she would have been able to save her then crush, now lover, Matt. But lover. it, I mean, probably. That isn't, <laughs> that, the, the, are they dating? I don't. Yeah. yeah. That was it, the headline. That was like confirmed. Yeah. They're, it, they're no, like I just didn't like the choice of the word lover. lover you didn't? I thought no. it. <laughs> I didn't like it. Too intimate? Yeah, I was a little... What would you have gone with? Um, Dating partner. partner. No, yeah, boyfriend. Boyfriend? 
Lovers sound. I mean, boyfriend's putting a label on it. I don't know if they're boyfriend girlfriend yet. Lovers a little Victorian. I get it. Dating. (laughs) Dating. Dater. Suiting. Mm -hmm. Whatever. We'll come up. Soulmate. I think soulmate. You think soulmate Soulmate. already? Yeah. Based on what we've seen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sure. Well, sorry, uh, Gabby, that I used a uh, strongly intimate uh, word to describe uh, their (laughs) now relationship. Uh, Sorry. You bring up this good point of these first-time players making these mistakes. And I think that we touched on it last week, too, is that they want to win this war at some, sometimes at the expense of the battle. And I think Danny got caught up in the moment of like potentially winning an immunity uh, challenge. Let's put yourself in that spot, Gabby. If on your season there was an opportunity to win a challenge, you knowing that best for your game is not to win, are you still trying to win it? Well, no, but I don't I don't think that's the situation Danny was in because it's always best for your game to be immune. Yeah, but if he he has this idol. Oh, true, true. And so, I was thinking that. Like he had that's that was my thought is that at this yeah. point he probably hadn't thought necessarily of using the idol. So yeah. maybe like his best uh option is to win it and i think in danny's shoes like if i can win this then i can save my idol for another day yeah. and when you are holding an idol you're always trying to hold on to it as long as you can and that's the trick mm-hmm. is like when to get rid of it and how and is it wise and so if you win immunity you don't even have to think about that and sure had he won immunity and then also played the idol on franny like now he's feeling very, very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get it. And like Danny, I, I think Franny's uh, error last week of like making her, her fivesome immune was much more grievous than what Danny did this week. But we also get Carson throwing up and then talking about people being willing to pair with him. And this is another survivor formality. Like, I don't think like, Gabby, you see Carson barfing his guts out. Are you like, I'll pair with you, Carson? (laughs) I mean, you have to because that's like the nature of the game is like you have to show. I mean, you have to show some empathy and sympathy for your fellow contestants, even though secretly you're hoping that they get pulled for hurting their shoulder. (laughs) Yeah, I wondered if Carolyn said she'd work with him because she I don't know how confident she feels in immunities so maybe she's like I don't know if I would win the immunity anyway so I might as well build goodwill with my alliance member but yeah I mean no one's like racing to join with Carson I also like I didn't think it was like that big of a deal no not no offense Carson not to minimize it but it was like made into this huge heartwarming thing and I was like oh, all right yeah it's every you had to pair up not a most people are not winning here. Yeah. Well, and I, I I mean, when you say that, yeah, but also like people are different. Like who knows? Like Carson could have been like, if I throw up, I'm just down and out for two weeks. You can't get me to do anything. Like there's people who yeah. like, I could barf a trillion times and I'd still be like top 1% of most everything I do. But I also understand there's people who barf and then they can't even function for six months. Like, there, it's yeah. just like people are different. Like, six months. Six months. Is- <laughs> no, that's true. I should be more empathetic. No, throwing up sucks and like being sick on Survivor sucks. Yeah. It's not that I think Carson was over exaggerating. I just was 
laughing more so at the episode making it this like heartwarming moment that like someone wanted to work with him when I'm like, well, yeah, that was like the design of the game. So somebody... (laughs) We'll circle back to the challenge in a second, but you keep talking about this empathy and sympathy. And at the end, uh, when Lauren wins this thing, we get a round of applause. And we've seen a lot of round of applauses recently. And that seems to be a trend now. And and that's also now a survivor formality is you have to be happy that someone defeated you in a challenge in so much that you're clapping and saying, great job. Whereas in the past, you'd always be like, fuck that guy, dude, I was so close. And now it's like, hurrah, hurrah. Is that something too that you could, uh, Gabby, on your second time out be like, Everybody, before uh, we clap for this person, let's just not clap and pretend that everybody clapped because it's just the thing that we have to do now to be, to fit in with everybody. No. <laughs> Why do you want me to be disliked on this hypothetical future season that I'm on? You were just saying oh that. Oh my God. You were just saying that the creepy cam part that you could, you know, is maybe skip those formalities of the winning tribe, the winning group being humble and the losing side groveling. Yeah, yeah, but that's after you've been like wronged. Yeah, I mean, I'm an I'm an applauder. I'm I'm somebody that feels happy for other people, so it'd be out of my nature to do so. I mean, I I could make snarky comments under my mm-hmm. breath on the bench that the person wouldn't know about until the episode airs. That's that's great. Um, <laughs> that says more about my personality. But no, you got to applaud. The thing is, everyone's like a super duper fan, yeah. internet fan, everything now. So like, because even Lauren. First of all, I loved seeing her happy. I haven't seen her the whole season. And she was like expressing so much joy. I thought that was awesome. Like, I kind of thought it was cool that she was even about herself. Like, she was like, that was awesome. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, you should be allowed to celebrate that. I I think it's like this meta thing where everyone's like, oh, I'm a fan and I'm seeing other fans live out their dreams. So, yeah, not everyone's as jaded as you, Tyson. (laughs) These are first time players. I, I applaud my friends when they win. Do you like... When you're playing pickleball, uh-huh. or whatever, do you like cheer? Do you like jeer your opponent and like boo them? No, and if they like- have a great shot. I, I also I'm like great shot. That was amazing. Uh, you know, and I am happy for them. I would like to be part of that, even if I'm on the losing end of it. But it's also there not for a million dollars. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. where that's where I'm. I I have some weird disconnect. So if you're let's say you're Danny and you're on the cusp of winning this thing, and Everything you've planned is going to happen. Uh, but then Lauren pulls out the win and that's the person you want to target and you have a hidden immunity idol and you also want to win immunity for all the power and don't get it. What percentage of you as Gabby is happy for Lauren because you could see obviously it was very exciting for her versus uh, a little bit of uh, spite now yeah like what what percentage like you're cheering what percentage of that is real uh versus the harvard resentment 25 percent real 75 percent 75 percent yeah it's acting okay yeah yeah that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying you have to clap along yeah you have to it's a rule it's another piece of etiquette yeah man all these rules people don't realize i don't think how much faking you have to do as a survivor contestant just to fit in with the the group dynamic and atmosphere. Yeah, it's like almost all faking it. Cause even like even in the strategy 
part of it. Like you're constantly maintaining like five different fake stories, cover stories, and like remembering what each person knows. But I don't know. I don't think like you have to fake the personal relationships and stuff like that. Do you? Fa- I'm like, <laughs> no, you don't have to. Some of them you do, but I also, for Some me, of them you do. it's very hard if I can tell someone dislikes me and mm-hmm. I also don't really love them. It's very hard to fake. And it's not, it's, it's another formality where you're like, we're good. And they're like, yeah, we're good. And you both leave the conversation being like, I hate that person. Like you, <laughs> like that happens, but that's also another formality and that's acting. And there's also moments where it's like final tribal council as a contestant, you just have to let the jury shit all over you. Like you can't fight back. And for me, that is one of the moments where I was like, I feel sick catering to these people as much as I have to. Even though it's for a million dollars, I'm a little bit disgusted with myself just letting Vetus talk down to me and be like, yes, yes, okay, yeah. Uh-huh, you're, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll be quiet. Yeah, sorry, I talked. Like, that's, like, it's it's gross. It's a gross feeling. It's worth a million dollars, but still feels a little gross. Is there any moment of Survivor that is too gross for you acting out that way? Like, do you recall any moments like that where you're like, I'm so grossed out. I had to, to like pretend to be that person's friend in that way. No, not yet. <laughs> I don't think season two, not, your second yeah, season. I mean, you will. I, first of all, I, right, I didn't win. So I didn't have, you know, I was more like I'm on the jury and I'm still trying to be nice to this person that like beat me, which actually that is that. That sucks too. Annoying. That sucks yeah, too. And that's like, for I a different be reason. Like, yeah. Cause I kind of want to say like, okay, the only reason you're up there is cause like, we didn't care about you. Like we left you out of this, this, and that, whatever, those kinds of things. And then you're like, congratulations yeah. on making it to the end. And so that part is a little <laughs> bit like I felt fake, but. And tell me why know, that is. Tell me why you acted that way. Because of television. Correct. And because <laughs> you're going to be on TV also, like, and you don't want to be Social norms. No. Social norms. Like there's things that you know are the right things to do. You know, I'm studying psychology now. I'm getting my PhD in psychology. Congratulations. I think, I, Thank you. There's a lot of things that we do to adhere to social norms because it's like the cooperative good thing to do. And yeah, I don't know. Empathy is like not as hard as some people (laughs) as as maybe you find it, Tyson. I don't find it hard. I'm a master of empathy, but there are limits and lines. And I think sometimes being real as a human in human moments is more powerful than showing pure empathy. On Survivor, mm-hmm. I don't think you have that luxury of being real when you want to be real. Like Not all the time. L- yeah. Not all the time. Yeah. And so I think that that's where, like, I like to be real. And I think that a lot of people yeah. find it refreshing when in moments where a lot of times people receive em- empathy, they get realness. But on Survivor, that's neither the time nor the place. And so I think you being on the jury and doing that, it's like the same. I've been on the jury too, and it's like, oh man, I want to really sock these guys. Even if I just zing them like once or twice really hard, but then on the same time, you're like, this is going to be on TV. I don't want to be shown as the bitter uh, juror. And so like you like save face a little bit by being like, good job. Obviously you guys are up there for a reason. Really well played. And it's just like (laughs) pains every little fiber of your being to do it. But maybe it's like you're weighing here's here's another empathetic way of looking at it. Uh You're weighing the harm that it will inflict on that person and and the joy that it will bring you to like like rag on them. Mm -hmm. 
And like the empathetic part is deciding like, oh, even though it would like impulsively feel really good for me, I don't want to cause that harm to another person. So there's a TV aspect of it. And then there's like the, the like, how would I feel if somebody like embarrassed me? And I think I, th- that's also like that, that's my weakness in, in Survivor and in life in general is like, I, I think a lot about how other people will feel and, and like maybe put a, put aside what I really want to do because I'm like, that wouldn't be nice. Like, I don't know. I watched too much Barney growing <laughs> up or something. Well, maybe the reason on the jury that I act empathetic is out of empathy for myself, knowing uh, the uh, audience is going to watch it and realizing <laughs> that if I'm a real dick on the jury, then I'm going to get it on social media six months down the road. Yeah. Empath- is that <laughs> self-presentational concerns? Yes. I mean, you All know right. the real term for it. I do not. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to hurt people just to hurt people. But if I feel like somebody deserves it or needs to be put in their place, I like to be the person to do it. And maybe, oh, I respect that. Do you? Thank you. I don't know that it's always correct. But in my mind, it is. Yeah, it's not always correct. But sometimes but it is, right? Sometimes it's correct. Sometimes it's correct. And sometimes it's funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for your support, Gabby. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment. So it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. You, you talked about Lauren being smaller, having an advantage in this challenge. Can you speak to that a little bit? Like knowing that a smaller person with smaller feet has an advantage in this challenge, it's not fair. But do you think that in the grand scheme of things throughout all the challenges on the season or even a greater pool of all the challenges throughout the entirety of Survivor, 
it all works itself out. Yeah, I do. And I think at least like the challenge designers need to make sure that there is an even balance of things that are going to benefit like short people, tall people, heavier people, lighter people. It makes it more interesting. And I think I've heard Jeff talk about that before where it's like you don't know what like type of person is going to be best at this thing. So I like that there's been differences in the uh, challenges this season. Like, and I think that it's also reflected in who you see winning, like not to always bring it back to gender, but like we've seen two women win in a row when the task was a little bit more like was, was different in some way. Like in this one, like a smaller person maybe benefited from the footholds in the last one. I mean, I don't really know that gender mattered, but you had to kind of hold and balance something that seems kind of gender neutral where it's like, yeah, maybe if you're stronger, you have bigger arms or whatever, but but maybe Franny's balance is better because she's shorter. Like I don't know, I'm making things well, up. Well, and but even bigger being, arms are heavier to continually hold yeah. up too. So Which is why I always think it it is interesting. I mean, it makes sense, especially when you're out there that like this episode they targeted Brandon for like being big. And I'm like, okay, well, being big isn't always good, but it's sort of like such an easy thing to say. You're like, that guy is strong. But I do like when they have variation and things like that. So I think it is fair and they need to just make sure that it's balanced and basically like random enough where any feature or like strategic use of your body or whatever could win you a challenge. I I definitely think you hit it. But I also think that wiry, lean people, whether it's male or female, have a greater advantage in the bulk of the individual challenges. And I think it's because like there's a lot of balance stuff. And a lot of times if you're lighter, that's a little bit easier to do this. And then I also think strength to weight ratio. So it's not necessarily how strong Mm -hmm. you are. It's how strong you are compared to your own body weight. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. And so I think those two things, and that's why like name a challenge beasts. They're all pretty lean. They're all kind of more wiry than muscular. And I think that's like, I think that's just the way that Survivor is designed. I think those are obviously more fair across the board, but they still do favor these uh, people who are lean and uh, not so bulky. All right. Sure. No? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, name name, Depen- name your, name your ch- number one challenge beast. Ozzy. Okay. There you go. Look at that build. Yeah. Mean, mean dude. Okay. Who else? Joe. Okay. Who else? Name a woman. Mm-hmm. Kim. Okay. Mm. Gabby, you got anybody else? Who else? I can't, I can't think of a single person right wow. now. I'm sitting right in front of you. I can't even... Tyson. <laughs> yeah. I know. I knew He's you waiting were, for something. <laughs> I knew you were fishing I wasn't for fishing. It. I wasn't you fishing. You were. No. I didn't that, want to give it to you. I didn't want to ask for it, but then I felt like I had to. But like, uh, it, it, <laughs> like people who win multiple challenges in yeah. general have a similar build uh, physically. Yeah. Not always. I mean, there's anomalies. We get uh, Danny farting at Jeff. Did you, was that a fart or was that a burp? It was a fart. And did you like that? Would you, if you were sitting either on the bench watching that or our Lauren, is that winning favor with you or losing favor with you? Anyone but Lauren, very funny. Lauren, not funny. Okay. I thought it was funny, but I I do find potty humor funny. So, okay. Riley? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was pretty funny. Okay. I don't like it. No, it's where you draw the line. I'm a potty humor guy. Like I got two kids. I know my audience. I think in that moment, uh, inappropriate. 
Why? <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think that... Ruined the like sanctity of the immunity challenge. <laughs> I just think it's too blatant and too arrogant of a move to be like, yo, Jeff, and then... And then also like, I don't know who... I think on the bench, like in general, people will laugh, but maybe not think it's funny. Like, I don't... I, I wouldn't have done that. But mm. uh, we'll see. We'll see. If Danny wins then you two are right. Hilarious. But if he does not win this game, I blame it on the fart completely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Especially if he's at, if he makes it to final tribal and then they were like, we were gonna give you the win, but we can't stop thinking about that fart and <laughs> yes. how disrespectful it was. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How arrogant it was in that moment of you uh, almost winning the challenge to fart at Jeff. But not as, er not, it more arrogant than taking a reward all for yourself. Yes, definitely. Single fart. Yeah. Okay. Good. Glad we cleared that yeah. up. Single fart at Jeff Probst uh, while you're almost winning the challenge is a greater arrogance than taking a challenge, all, uh, taking a reward all to yourself. Definitely. We see Lauren win and she was super emotional. We went over all this, super exciting. Jam Jam goes to, did you catch this moment? He goes to like yeah. congratulate Danny. What was that wave off from Danny? Was that my feet are hurting and I need to, or was that like, I'm pissed I didn't win, get away from me? What do you think, Riley? I, I kind of hope it was the latter. Cause sort of along this discussion, like I wish that there were more contestants who just kind of wore their emotions on their sleeve and didn't do the fake. Like, oh, I'm so happy for you, Lauren. Like, great, great job. Great, you know, uh, competition there. And instead of just like, shit, yeah. this sucks. <laughs> yeah, and I, I couldn't get a read on it. That's why I, I'm asking you. There, any read from you, Gabby? Yeah, that I, I was hoping that Riley said that because I didn't want it to be like Tyson and Gabby are empathetic, like cruel, soulless people who want to see people like get mad and stuff. But I, <laughs> I, I thought it was that too. Like I think he was like, I need a minute. I just lost and I'm upset. Uh, I mean, he didn't do it in like a horrible way, but I did catch it and I liked it. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I still can't tell because... Uh, moments later, he was all kumbaya and clapping for Lauren and all of that. And that could have been like the moment where he's like, oh, right. I got to be fake. Again. I got to be fake again. Turn but also like that does hurt your feet. Like maybe he was just like, I got to walk this off real quick. Uh, wait until my feet are normal. So that's what I couldn't tell. Uh, but I did notice it. And I think the editors did want us to see it. But like they didn't give us enough for us to know what the reasoning was. Have either of you done that type of challenge where you're standing on just a little sliver of wood like that? I've done the pole challenge, which is like the inner yeah. part of the feet. Uh, I haven't done the outer one. It's been present on seasons I've been on, but I was already voted out. So, <laughs> yeah. And I've done the like cross one where your your feet are together, but they're on a tiny perch. And it does hurt. It hurts. It does All hurt. Those types of things hurt. And you do go numb. You lose your feeling and I don't, yeah, I assume at some point like your feet just slip off, like especially with that kind of uh, small ledge. Yeah, it's true. And I think that like Jeff touched on it, like this is a tolerance of pain. How well can you tolerate pain? How well can you push it out of your head? For people who are going on the show in the future, once you reach that numb pain, that numb point, it's not quite as bad. Like there's a moment where it peaks and then it kind of like 
comes down just a little bit. Like I think if you can push through like those most agonizing moments, it gets a little better. Not a lot better, but it does, you know, peak out at some point plateau. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I don't know if I agreed with Jeff that that's like purely pain tolerance because it's also like you needed the arm or like yeah. arm strength towards the end to hold yourself up. So yeah. I don't totally agree that it was all pain. Like some of them, I think like the one that I did, it was just all pain or like. Um, <laughs> so the one you, you know, did is all pain, but the, the one, one these did. people did is not. Yeah. Okay. Because on mine, like you could balance, but it was really painful. But on theirs, it seems like it was more of like a slippage issue slash like having your arms to hold you up. So I would think like at a certain point, I mean, a certain point, some things aren't pain. Some things are like your muscles can no longer support you. So you give out. Yeah. So And I think it goes back to strength to weight ratio here. Yeah. Where Lauren's lighter. It's a little easier maybe for her arms to hold up her body versus Brandon, who's so muscly. I mean, they yeah. basically <laughs> fell almost in order of how how big those four people were. Yeah. And yeah, Kane, true. Kane fell before Brandon. I probably think Brandon's a little bigger, but close enough. Okay. Well, we'll have probably to... stronger. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll have to get the inside scoop up from Kane or Brandon. Reach out. Let us know who's bigger out of you two. We go back to camp and Danny had wanted to gum for Lauren, but now he cannot. And we get Brandon just shopping Franny's name around. Do you like this play by Brandon? Is he Rotu? Is that who he is, uh, Riley? Ratu. Yeah. And he wants to go for Ahsoka member to diminish them even a little bit more. And he just starts throwing Franny's name out. Uh, Gabby, is there a time and a place to throw people's names out? Yes. Who was he saying it in front of? Everybody. I mean, he was saying... Pretty much everybody. No, it was kind of in front of his alliance, right? I don't remember now. I mean, you have to do it. I mean, I would never really be the one to say someone's name first. He wasn't wrong. Yeah. So what's your play here? You want Franny gone. You're sitting in the ocean. Here's the thing. You, um, the Ratu, who are now saying, we want to use the middle Tika people. Mm. You ask Tika, who would you guys want gone from Soka? Yeah. Because if you're that, it makes them feel included. Then it's like in in their head, in Ratu's head, they don't really care which of the Sokas go. Right? You just need to diminish their number. Like, does it really matter to them if Franny goes over Heidi or whatever? No. So I would say, like, don't push your agenda if you want those Tika guys to work with you. Just ask them what they want to do. Very smart. I think uh, I like that. I like that. I don't know if I would have thought of that. I usually like to treat it as a democracy and ask what everyone wants to do and then mm-hmm. put in my two cents on top of whoever said the agenda that I wanted to do. And just be like, oh, yeah, yeah that's not a bad idea. And here's why I think it's like, that's what I would do. I think naming yeah. names like Branda did and being like, we're in control, let's stay in control. That's the moment where you need to take a step back, push your agenda, but in a way that people feel included. Yeah, I agree with you. So it goes around and we get the Franny thing, but you know, Survivor's not that simple. And Danny tells Heidi he will play his idol on Franny and vote out Brandon. Beautiful. You love to see it. I was super happy. I love Franny, by the way. She's like, I really relate to her and I love her. So I was like, we need to save Franny at all costs. Do you like her more than anybody else on this season? I, I like her. I like her the best, probably. Uh, and no, I, what what's the question? It feels like a trap. <laughs> the I, question she's one is, of my favorites. <laughs> list the remaining contestants on the season based from your most favorite to your most hated. 
Okay, let's go. Um, and the reasons why. And the reasons why. <laughs> based solely on uh, what you see of them. Can be personal, right, yeah. can be gameplay, either one. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that, but she is one of my favorites. Um, yeah, I like I like Carolyn. I like Jam Jam. I like, I like a bunch of them. They're all good to root for. But like, I'm, I'm rooting for Franny because I'm self-centered and she's very similar to me and I want someone like me slash her to win and her boyfriend went home. So anyway, point being, I also love the idea of like someone from your alliance, like Danny's going to play your idol on her. Like that's super flattering. It means you have really good relationships that they don't seem like two people that would like be that would get along in real life. Like, I feel like he's this like, ah, I'm a firefighter. Yeah. And (laughs) Franny doesn't have enough tattoos. And even Carolyn didn't have enough tattoos to really wow Danny. You saw Danny and Brandon a few episodes ago talking about tattoos. Carolyn didn't quite have enough. And I know she's got a whole sleeve, and he didn't even ask. Yeah, and Franny. Yeah, and Franny's got Franny's got no tattoos. That we know so it's of. almost like that we know of. Yeah. So we we it's no like commonality. Basically, no commonality. It's based on number of <laughs> tattoos. So I wouldn't have thought that they would have gotten along at all. What was the original question anyway? Yeah, yeah. he's gonna save Franny, and that was super exciting. So put yourself in Danny's spot. What is the reasoning here to save Franny? Is it? Because they're going to have the numbers, is it something flashy to show off to the... Like, it's a big move here to play an idol, not on yourself, and get it right is a huge move. Yeah. I think it is to maintain their numbers. They they are at that pivotal part where it's like 4-3-3. Three, three. For some reason, it really seems like it's more Ratu versus Soka. And he's just like, we just need to tip it. We need the tipping point to get one of them out. So it's like, it's worth it to sacrifice his idol to just save any one of his numbers because he realizes like if Franny goes home, that doesn't even matter that he is an idol. He could stay safe for one more round, but like he could go next. But I mean, I do think it's a really brave move to make to use your idol on somebody else in a very communal sort of like tribe oriented mindset, which is cool. It's like kind of old school in a way. Like it, it is kind of old school how they're sticking to their tribes. And I was pretty impressed and happy with it because honestly I was a little surprised that Danny wasn't like oh I had that big guy tattoo alliance with Brandon Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna say goodbye to Heidi and uh Franny like I I don't know it made me I'm not usually somebody that likes like that kind of old school sticking with the tribe thing but for some reason it made me respect Danny quite a bit I think because like I would have been pissed if he turned on the you know two women from his tribe to be with this like big tattooed guy it would have felt a little bit like you are getting rid of two weeks worth of trust building for this big guy's alliance. Now, another qu- another thing that I thought, though, is I was surprised that he wanted to go after Brandon. Like, okay, it's one thing to save Franny, but then why out of all the people there, why did he want to get rid of Brandon when he did have that tattoo guy alliance? Well, somebody asked him if he'd be open to getting rid of Brandon. I think Heidi asked uh, him that. And at that point, you either have to say yes or no. And at that point, you don't really have the choice to say no to Heidi's face, at least. You have to say yes, no matter what. But at that point, I think Danny has to decide, is it going to be Brandon or are we going to stick with Franny? And that's where Danny's decision has to has to come from. He can't like then change the script because now he's imposing too much will on what's going to happen. I like I liked the move. I liked the conversations. And I thought, yeah, this is smart of Danny. But then it got really tricky right at the end before Tribal Council when Carson tells Danny 
that Jam Jam knows. And not only that, we see Jam Jam wrestle with, is this correct or is this not correct? At that point, if you're Danny with all of that information, you're still playing for Franny because at that moment, with the information I'm seeing on the screen, I'm playing the idol on myself. Yeah, that must have, he must have had a lot of reassurance from Carson that like, or really watched him all day. Or talked to Jam 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 even. Yeah, to be like, is this for real? Okay, because the thing is, uh, I feel like I'm going to jump ahead, but it's like, obviously the motive for Jam Jam is to not tell Brandon that they have an idol so that he can get somebody out from that side. He doesn't really care. But act like he's still with that side by acting all surprised, right? That that's what it was. So it's like my question now is how did Jam Jam reassure Danny if he did? Like, don't worry, I'm not gonna tell Brandon because here's my big scheme is for them to not know that I'm with you guys. Like he could have told him that, but then that's also revealing a little bit too much about Like if I'm Danny, I'd be like, well, why are you trying to play both sides? Yeah. Yeah. But my thinking is that Jam Jam and Carson and Carolyn probably came up with that idea together, right? Like, okay, we know about the idol. We can play both sides here. And so Carson, knowing that that's what Jam Jam's intention was, is able to convince Danny, like, no, don't worry. He's like 100% not going to tell Anyway, somehow Danny got convinced, right? Um, yeah. And I'm I'm glad that he didn't switch it, but he must have really had compelling evidence to not switch it. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. And I also think that it is a tricky spot for Danny seeing Jam Jam's position because Jam Jam voiced as much, like what you're saying. He's like, Jam Jam wanted to get through the votes, not only with his alliance, but also with some options intact. He didn't want to have mm-hmm. to draw a line here when he didn't feel like it was up to him. And that was the tricky part for Tika was it's not going to fall on them if they vote out Franny. Like yeah. they're not in the crossfires at any point. But if they flip the script and help the other side flip the script a little bit, then they could be. So now it's a balance of like, oh, and so like Jam Jam acting surprised, which we saw him do as Brandon left, is good and bad. I think it can also come back to haunt him. Like, if I'm sitting there and I know he's in on the plan and I see him acting that way, I don't trust him 100% at that point. Exactly. I I had that thought, too, because let's say Jam Jam had even told them he was going to do that. He's going to be like, well, I don't want them to know that I know about your idol. um, So I'm going to act surprised, guys. Just like, don't worry about it. But then, big brain move, next episode, Heidi tells one of the Ratu, like, he knew about the idol. He was lying to you guys. Like, he's not with you. Let's vote him out. Or, like, what? he's not working with you guys. Like, so I I had the same thought that it could backfire. I mean, I loved it as a movie. I loved it for the theatrics, and I understood his thought process for sure. But it's like in Survivor, how many steps ahead are you going to think? And you have to also be thinking about everybody else's best move. And, and it's steps like, ahead there... for them as well. Yeah, exactly. Like I assume how chess is played. I don't play chess, so I don't know. But I hear it's like that. Yeah, that's what I hear too. <laughs> I play with my daughter, but I can play on a move-to-move basis. She's only seven. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good. Um, she's going to catch up to you real fast. I know. Though, I'm very scared. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, they have to be thinking like, well, why would everybody be else be okay with indulging in my like 
theatrics. Right. Like this isn't your Oscar performance as well. Like other people are going to use every single thing you do against you. So I can't fault Jam Jam for it because it's like what he did was the objective best move. Like don't get in the way of the Franny vote. But uh, yeah, it's more the acting, right? How over the top the acting was. Not great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it could come back to haunt him and maybe people won't be that bothered by it. And it remains to be seen because, I mean, there's still time for him to be like, yeah, I'm with this side, like and fix things and correct things or, you know, admit to it. In tribal council, we get a lot of back and forth as always. But I think the thing that I liked the most was uh, Franny talking about all the intersections shooting arrows and having all the arrows meet up in the middle at the intersection. And the goal is to have everybody's arrow, I think is what she used, uh, meet up in the middle. Is that what she used? Was the arrow, the arrow analogy? It's like yeah. they intersect for a, a little bit, but then they, they continue to shoot off. Carry and, on. And scattered. Go yeah. Apart. yeah. And I like that. I, I, I liked that, uh, that little analogy uh, because I think it does kind of surmise tribal councils it's not like just your will but everybody's will uh, or everybody's you know gameplay moving forward and what's best for them they all have their own agenda but you have to find out where or your hope is that the majorities uh meet up at that intersection to get out the person that is best for you but also best for them in that moment Hmm. is that too tricky yeah was that too no, I, I, I under, I didn't understand the metaphor. I understood what she, I understood like the survivor part of it. I was like, yeah, I understand what she's saying in Survivor. And then I was like, is that how arrows work? So it was, it was that was, <laughs> I love her, but I was like, I don't know if I get because if they're intersecting, I guess they're intersecting and they're hitting the same target, but then they carry on in their own trajectory. Correct. Is that the idea? Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah. And so like, Matt really liked it yeah. from the jury bench. Oh, he he's was gonna like, like everything. he was like, yeah, yeah. good analogy. I, yeah, I don't I, I like the analogy because it is it is true. I think like you're going to carry on. And again, it's like you'll have to realign and hopefully yeah. meet up there again. But it's like you can't always think of just what's best for you. You have to also think what's best for other people or also convince them that what's best for you is best also for them. And that's what I took her analogy to mean. So yeah. is this a better analogy than the one from Matt a couple weeks ago where he's like, it's, like, it's like you're skiing and you're putting together a, a puzzle as like a, a cannon chases you or something while you're skiing? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I've never been in a situation like that at a ski resort. So there's no way to know. But I have. I've, it's, <laughs> and yeah, it's Matt hard. Spot it's on. hard. Yeah, it's it's actually really hard. And when that when that happened to me, I was like, oh, my God, this is just like Survivor. <laughs> but you got. You got through it all and you're here. I did. I, I pushed through. I liked that analogy. I guess I have bad taste. In no, I don't mind it. Like, basically, <laughs> I think Matt's analogy was like, survivor's hard and then they just keep throwing more stuff at you to make it harder. Yeah. yeah and like random tasks that shouldn't be happening yeah. <laughs> at that moment, which I liked. No, they're both, they were good. They're good analogy yeah. makers. Do you think we need more analogies? I do think there was a severe lack of them on Survivor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So next time you're on, let's uh, come up. We can, I'll help you brainstorm some analogies for certain moments and instances. And, All right, uh, good. Yeah, and some bits. I, and some bits. 
some bits and some analogies. I only have one bit, and that's take the reward for yourself. Please, <laughs> Gabby. Three times the beer or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and just dump it on yourself, throw it overboard. It doesn't matter. Do whatever you got to do. Just make it fun. <laughs> Find the idol that's hidden in the reward because you're out there by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like if it was the key, dash for the key, I'd be like just taking my time, slowly checking yes. each key. <laughs> See, you're getting it, Gabby. I like it. Yeah. Uh, anything else in that tribal council that really stood out to you? Um, no, it was it was all it was a good tribal, good episode. I thought. Yeah, I thought so too. It was all pretty straightforward there. I think people s- repeating the same things we hear all the time. Matt and Franny, madly in love. We saw them make eyes at each other. So in love. So Dan- in love. Danny Did you say lovers? That idol for Franny, Matt was beaming. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He was, I think, happier than He didn't than feel threatened was. at all. You don't think that he was like, oh no, Franny's going to fall in love with Danny. No, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think so. No. <laughs> yeah. What they have is real. That's true. Unlike his idol. <laughs> he probably would just felt validated. He was like, oh, shit, I had a fake idol this whole time and Danny had it. And at least now he used it on my girlfriend. Yeah. So in a way, I used it on my girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations, Matt and Franny, on uh, being, you wouldn't say lovers, Gabby. Uh, we can, we can, sure. Let's call them lovers. Okay. Manny, Manny is the couple name that we're going Manny with. Manny is not frat. Manny, not frat. Manny. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> Manny, uh, half of Manny's still in. That's good for us. And, uh, I also wanted to touch on right at the end, you can see the people in the game are so relieved to still be there. And, we talk a lot about the 39 day versus 26 day. And this moment I looked at it and I thought, these people don't care how many days they're playing, 26 or 39. They are so relieved and overjoyed to be there. And it shows. Like I, I for me, that was a real moment where everybody's like, can't have that worked out how we wanted it to. Thank goodness we're still here. And I thought, they don't care. Like I know that, we've talked to people who have played 26 day seasons and they've been like, I wanted a 39 day season. That's the experience I signed up for. I didn't get it. But I also think like survivors doing a good job for these contestants and making them feel the full experience as best they can, even if it's not the full 39. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And they don't know any different. I mean, I still, the stakes are still just as high. They're still getting voted off. They're all like super fans and I, I do think that it it's it's fine. It's totally fine. Um, part of the reason, too, I think that they were so relieved is like, this is actually the first time since the merge, fake merge, real merge, where, like Heidi said, they've all been vulnerable, yeah. except for one. And I felt like I, I kind of wanted, like when Heidi said that, I was like, yeah, and that's why we want like normal merge votes back because you want those stakes where it's like, okay, you made it to the individual portion of the game. Anyone can go home now because I don't like that kind of half and half. It still feels like you're in a team or you're, half of you are safe. So I think now they are in the real part of it where it's like your name could be written down at any time. Only one person wins immunity and it's the only guaranteed way to be safe. So good luck out there. Yeah. Every, someone's getting voted out every day, every other day or whatever it is. Like that's high stakes. And I also think like the merge vote 
is the time where you get to see the lines drawn. You get to yes. see who's with who, where's everybody. It's not like a fail safe or a fail proof, but you get to see where people are sitting that time and adjust accordingly. And to have to go into the merge thinking that's happening and then not happen and then wait mm-hmm. for it to happen is probably a lot of pressure. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the, I loved this episode. Like, I just, I thought it had comedy. I thought the strategy was good. I, it had emotion. And to me, it felt like what I wanted a merge episode to feel like where we did get lines drawn in the sand, or at least, you know, we see the middle people kind of flip-flopping. Like, that's what I've been wanting. So I was I was psyched for all the future the setup that it was doing for the rest of the game, whereas like past couple episodes, I've been like, well, I still don't really know who stands with who because like they're not half of them aren't even there to vote for each other or whatever. So I I really liked it. I thought it was a really good episode. So last question before we get to Riley's superlatives. You talked about the comedy this episode. What was funnier? Carolyn not being able to get out of the net. Danny farting or Carolyn having itchy pants. Carolyn in the net. Well, really, it was the juxtaposition of Carolyn in the net screaming so loudly. And then Carson with no voice being like, good job, Carolyn. You're doing great. And no energy, no enthusiasm. (laughs) He didn't want to get in that net. Yeah, it was that that juxtaposition was what made it so funny. And she's like flailing and screaming. That was was great. Carolyn, go get him. You got this, Carolyn. (laughs) I don't think it was low energy. I think he was like, don't put me in that net. We're already lost. <laughs> and, then he and then he had to go roll around in the mud for two seconds. At that point, I'm watching the other team. I'm seeing they're almost through the net. I have no chance. I'll just be slow <laughs> to get in the mud. But still, Carson's like, I'll wallow in the mud for a little bit, make it look like I'm a team player. Kudos, Carson. <laughs> With that, Riley, uh, anything else, Riley, before we get into your superlatives? No, let's do it. Uh, yeah, let's make it. Wait, yeah. oh, I had something. Let's hear it. I can't believe I forgot to bring it up during the creepy night vision because I have on here on my notes that Tyson, did you realize that you got a shout out? I did? You did. When? When? When Heidi says, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Heidi, for saying that correctly. You know that that's a trigger for me. You said it right. There you go. Ruffle. Yeah. Not Russell. Russell is a gentle... Even though I it's thought he was saying it was a name. It's a name. It's both. It's a name or it's the wind rustling leaves, dead leaves. There you go. But that's gentle. Ruffle just like really, you know, get in there. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, I just thought that I, w- I was watching and I was like, well, uh, perfect. I'm talking to Tyson. And this is like one of my favorite Survivor quotes ever. Good. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Heidi's one of my new favorites. You heard that here first. Future Survivor contestants, anytime you can reference me, uh, you will instantly become one of my favorites. Uh, (laughs) Riley, what do we got? All right. Uh, Yeah, let's run through these. Uh, Best move of the episode. Obviously, Danny playing the idol correctly. That's too easy. Like getting the read. Like it was so easy. Very strong. Agreed. All right. Danny's idol play, I think it's unanimous, is the the best move. Anytime you correctly play the idol, it's probably going to be the best move. Yeah. Worst move. Worst move. I just think, you know, obviously Brandon went home and I think that Brandon being too too vocal about needing it to be Franny. Like he didn't, it didn't seem like he was taking other ideas into consideration. He was just like, this is the way it is and this is what we're doing. Yeah. I'm going to go meta and say, Kane saying, if Aratu doesn't win this game, 
it means we really messed it up because now I don't think Aratu is going to win the game. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no hope for Ratu, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I can't believe it happened so quickly too. I feel like Ratu in general just being overconfident because they have four people when there are ten left. Four out of four out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> like a differential. Yeah, four <laughs> like oh, we have the numbers. Do you? <laughs> my my one count again. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, that's I mean, the age old tell. Uh, we're overconfident, but not even the majority. Yeah. Not a good position. Okay. It's not good. Favorite moment? Well, Gabby, I think, is... Uh, Feathers? No, I think the fart. The you fart didn't even know. Thing. You didn't even clock it the first time. You can't choose that. It's not the fart. It's the uh, the net. It's the Carolyn in the net yeah. with Carson cheering. I also, I think my favorite part was uh, probably Carson cheer, the anti-cheer. It was just like, go, <laughs> go, please don't make me get in the mud. That's what he was saying with his, the, his all his verbal cues were saying, don't make me get in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be mine. But in the interest of choosing something different, I will say um, the fart, the, not <laughs> the fart, um, the acting, like the whole, like the idol play and the acting afterwards, even if I don't think it was a great move, it was like great TV. Yeah. Oh, I'm so surprised. I'm jam, shocked. jam. Okay. Like that's that's like uh that's a gif of, you know, like wow, this is totally new. I am so surprised yeah. to hear this. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. I think mine is the uh like sunshine and rainbows and flowers that appeared behind Matt the moment that he realized that Franny was safe. Yeah. It's just he's just very yes, cute. I love that. Just Matt. <laughs> okay. Uh Winner picks after this episode. I got to stay with Kane. Kane. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I mean, he, things aren't looking great for him, he could come back. Like this could be the moment where he, because we did get like a little view of him being like, now I have to correct. Yeah. And so maybe Kane is, and they're on the bottom now. They're not on the top. And this whoever's on the bottom usually has a strong shot, especially still early in the game. Like we still have a handful of episodes left. There's time for him to flip it back around. Mm -hmm. But in all honesty, you know, things aren't looking bad for, for Carson. Ooh, okay. But I'm going You're, Kane. Yeah, Kane cause just because I got to ride or die with okay. Kane. When he's dead, I'll make a new selection. Okay. So Kane, Gabby, yeah. what do you think? Well, I've refrained from saying this person's name because I didn't want to curse them. But um, right now, my winner pick, and for a while, it has been Carolyn. And with a with Carson as number two second choice, um, because I I don't know there's some like good quotes this episode too where somebody said like well so I think it could be against a pro or a con or somebody was like well Carolyn will just go wherever Jam Jam goes no one's looking at her so for that reason I think she's definitely making it to the end. The thing that worries me is if it's her or Carson like there's the whole thing about Carson being so loved and like no one taking. Carolyn seriously mm -hmm. but like every time I hear those little quotes of somebody underestimating Carolyn I'm like yes this is she's my winner pick I'm I'm going with this yeah I, I like and it. I, I it, it was Franny it was Franny at one point but now like with the idol the mat and the idol and stuff I can't say that after this episode although I would love that yeah still possible still possible with like she could like rise from the ashes and and like avenge her Lover. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm glad you're on board now, Gabby. <laughs> Only took 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, I feel similarly with, with Carolyn. I've been on her for 
a few episodes and she actually w- voted with the Sokas this episode. She voted for Brandon and Jam Jam and Carson voted for Franny. So there's like a weird... Oh, I didn't yeah, notice. Yeah, there was more than... There was like four votes on Brandon, not just the Sokas. So yeah. she was the one that went the other way. And I don't know if we'll f- figure out why that is, but uh, I don't know. She she might be playing every side. Um, hmm. Okay, the last superlative is who is going home next week. I don't think it's going to be a Ratu and I don't think it's going to be a Tika. I think it's going to be from uh, somebody from the Soka side. Who we got left on the Soka side? We got Heidi, Jamie, Franny, and who uh, else? Not Jamie. But Jamie's not really. It's Danny. Yeah. Danny. I think actually we're going to see, I think we're going to see Jamie go home. Oh, I'm going with Danny because uh, I think of a play. he just kind of made a move. Yeah. They're going to get him out before he builds his resume. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the pre and the preview was kind of like uh, I don't like Danny <laughs> or something. That's yeah. that's In sometimes there. a fake out though, but uh, that's a fake out I a know. lot of times. Oh, oh, oh I know, I know, <laughs> but I am easily fooled as well. But no, I mean, I do sometimes it's a double fake out. Yeah, yeah yes. it really is. I, I also have Danny for that same like, you know, that's just how Survivor goes now. You make a big move, and everyone's like, oh, they have the resume. They, we got to get them out. Yep. They, they, they'll they get to the end. Yeah. Doesn't have the idol. Now it's because now it's like they know he doesn't yep. have the idol. Although what, uh, he's going to like search for it. So maybe they won't vote for him because they're like, well, maybe now he has it again. So yeah, yeah. could be, could be. He's found it already before. Uh, I also took note that Brandon, I think last week told Matt that if you're a good enough player, you can get out of everything uh, or get huh. out of anything and uh, didn't get out of this one proof that there is still luck involved in the game or that Brandon isn't good enough. <laughs> yeah. By his own admission, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Gabby, thank you so much for being here. Uh, huge pleasure. And uh, I think I've been trying to get you on here for a little while, so I'm happy that we finally made it happen. Uh, where can the people follow you, Gabby? Do you care if people follow? Do you want people to follow you? Yes, I'm d- I'm desperate. Okay. I, it's, I'm I make all of my lively. I make all of my millions off of Twitter followers. Actually, it's not well known. No, not not at all. But if you want to, I sometimes tweet about Survivor at Gabby Pescuzzi. Um, and yeah, this has been a total pleasure. It was really fun talking to both of you, and I'm glad that we got to brainstorm some bits and can't wait. For not you. analogies yet, but yeah, we'll get I'll, there. I'll consult with you if this ever is in need of mine. Yeah, I have a good feeling about this, Gabby. You're going to be back soon. And all of the bits. I don't bits, know about that, Tyson, but of, I'll just consult with you on bits in general. Okay. Just uh, to kill my some life. Time. Perfect. Yeah. And like revenge plans. I feel like I'm it good seems at that. like you'd be I'm good at that. Good at so that. if I, okay, I'll, I'll hit you up next time I need that. Perfect. This has been another installment of The Pod Has Spoken. Until next week, see ya. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong. 
But these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.